got the name, but you're not thinking about, did people actually want this? How am I going to compete against somebody? You have to put your ideas into that kind of mechanism where you're gaining feedback and seeing if the market is actually responding to what you want before you make it. Because yes. there's nothing like making something you love and it's awesome and then putting it out there and then not going anywhere. It's a much easier thing to say, hey, I've got this idea. I want to try it out. Does anybody want this thing? Oh, you guys don't? Okay, well, maybe let me go back to the drawing board figure it out start as many little businesses as you can and you're going to have a little unicorn in there like me and dana did not expect uncommon questions to become something that it is it was the like the last thing but it became something and it was a total unicorn and so if you can get good at starting businesses fast and cheap one of them is going to rise to the top real quick because it's just the luck in a numbers game You're a man that controls his own destiny. A man that is always in the pursuit of being better. You are in the right place. You are responsible. You are strong. You are a leader. You are a force for good. Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum. Welcome back to the Alpha Quorum Show. Brad Singletary here. I'm joined with a special friend of mine, a neighbor. Uh, I'll introduce him in just a minute, but we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship. And some of you have expressed some interest in that as a topic for us to, to cover. And this guy has some super neat experiences is, that he's going to share. I've been wanting him to be on the show for probably two years now. Uh, he lives just, I think, one street over from me. <laughs> and we haven't been able to make it work until tonight. So I'm very happy to have my friend Nick here. Um, I saw him recently at the post office and this was like probably on a Tuesday, you know, like 1.30 PM and he's walking up in his flip flops and his shorts. And I just thought this guy's at work right now. He, he's, I don't know. He's probably going to pick up some checks from the, from his uh, PO box. I, I was. <laughs> and, uh, I just realized in addition to all the other interactions that I've had with him, this dude is pure alpha. Okay. I, you're going to get to know that. Uh, as we talk here tonight, another interesting thing is that, so Nick is a, uh, he's a teacher for high school students who do a religious education early in the morning. So this is a, an early morning kind of seminary class, scripture study type thing. And he does this before school with teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if you're going to do that and entertain teenagers, at like, what is it, 6.30 a.m.? I How? think we start at 6. 6 a.m. Before yeah. school, they come to uh, learn about the man upstairs. And uh, my kids have been a part of some of those classes. And just really, he's an engaging guy. Just a fun person. Says hi. He's just friendly as can be. And we're I've got him here today for some of his entrepreneur history that he's going to share. And some things that can help men who may be looking to start a business or level up in their careers. So the questions that we're going to answer today are, we're going to be discussing how Nick's journey in entrepreneurship began, how a man can find and create distinction in himself as an entrepreneur, how important goals are in the process of entrepreneurship, and how he comes up with his business ideas, and once he has those ideas, what he does with them next. So Nick is the founder of Find Fakes, 
an anti-counterfeiting company. He and his wife, Dana, created Uncommon Questions, which is a popular conversation starter game on Amazon. We're going to be talking about that more in just a minute. He has a few other small companies because his brain never turns off. He's an awesome dad to three energetic kids. He lived in Asia for six years and speaks Chinese and now calls Nevada home. He's also a seasoned ticket holder of the Vegas Golden Knights, and he's so loyal I think they let him pee in the locker room at halftime. Is that right? Do you get <laughs> just occasionally? It's a long walk. That's good. I'm just hoping for a ticket one of these days. Yeah, when, if we ever get back to real live sports Anytime. again, <laughs> Anytime, man. All right. So Nick is with us. He's asked that I not share his last name because he's got, you know, he's he's doing some interesting things that could cause him some hardship if he's out there and publicly, you know, known to the world. So that's why I've not shared his name. Can I share your picture? If I yeah, yeah, post fine. your picture, okay. Yeah, you can't Google a picture of me. That's good. <laughs> so explain why we don't use your name because people are going to wonder who's this guy. Yeah, it's not because I'm like, yeah. So the reason is because uh, my main business is shutting down counterfeiters. Mm. And people call me in the middle of the night once they, they can find somebody found my wife's Instagram one time oh, no. and blew her up. Wow. Because we had shut down their counterfeit, counterfeiting ring and they were threatening her and stuff. Wow. And so I just try to make myself as least Googleable as I can. Okay, that's probably smart. Yeah, because <laughs> what I, I I really worry about is somebody blowing up your podcast or like you know, or coming after finding out who I am. Mm-hmm. And because you know we shut down last year, we shut down something like six hundred thousand counterfeit listings. Oh my word! Right, and so and so that's hundreds of millions of dollars in product wow. that is taken down. And these are serious dudes. And so I'm not, I, I don't want to over dramatize or dramatize what it is, but I just, you know. Yeah, but there's some why. anger out there. If oh. people could find you, they would. Yeah, they call, they used, I used to have everything public, man. They just call me in the middle of the night <laughs> yelling at me. Kind of got old. So I, I guess before we start into these questions, I'm just curious about some of the highlights of the things you've done. So you lived in Asia. Where, yeah. where was that? So uh, as, I was a missionary in Taiwan for two years. Okay. And then an intern in southern China, like Guangzhou, Hong Kong area. Okay. For about nine months. And then uh, my wife and I, after college, we graduated and we moved to, to China, like mainland China. And we lived in Dalian. Wow. Which is up next to the North Korean border, kind of. And Holy then, and then uh, we lived in Beijing right next to the American embassy for, for about three years. What a wild adventure. Yeah, it's been a blast. I can't imagine. Like p- these guys think they're, they're tough out here on a motorcycle or oh boy. riding around in the mountains. Go live in China for six years. Oh, you can't, you can't, man, I'll tell you, I had a, I had a electric scooter and I'm six, five and it was not making for six, five people, but I would, it was like cruising USA, man, that video game. I was flying through there. Yeah, oh, funny. that's great. So were any of your kids born there? Or? Yeah. My oldest son wow. was actually born there and uh, lived there for about maybe a, a year-ish. And what happened was he got, uh, started coughing a lot and the doctor's like, okay, he's got the black lung. It's time to take him back to the U.S. So black lung. <laughs> he's got the black lung pop. You didn't bring coronavirus here, did you? Uh, no, that's not no, you guys. No, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so how long has that been since you've been back? Uh, my wife and I are talking about it. I think it's about six years. Wow, okay. Oh, yeah. It's been a while. So have you been in this neighborhood since then? No. Have I known you that? I've no. only been here about four years. Yeah, so. I, I think you and I moved here about the same time. Right around the same time. Yeah, yeah we are another part. 
So you served a mission in Taiwan. That's where you learned Chinese. 100%. That's where you, I guess, learned something about culture and things. And you, there must be some at least comfort with that for you to go and move your family there and start, and start your marriage there. Is that right? You said right yeah. after college? Yeah. So I studied, uh, I learned Chinese. I didn't want to, but that's where they decided to send me, right? And uh, I actually had the letter in my hand. And I hadn't opened it yet. And I was like, I'll go anywhere they want me to go as long as I don't have to learn Mandarin Chinese. <laughs> it was like a bad movie, man. I opened that thing up, uh, learned Chinese, and then came back from Taiwan and started studying modern Chinese politics. Wow. It was super interesting to me. Like Mao Zedong after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I studied that and graduated with a major in uh, Chinese politics and a minor in business. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So my brother lives in Taiwan. I think we talked about that yeah. before. Yeah, he served yeah. a mission there and uh, went back. His wife is Chinese, and they um, he's been there, I don't know, maybe it's 10 years now. Oh, that's great, man. He lives in Yuli. I don't know. Yuli, yeah, it's yeah, a little that's smaller. A nice, yeah, yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, but I, he sent some pictures. It's the first time I've seen pictures around where he lives, and it's so green, and it looks like a really cool, almost like a farming village or something. It reminds me of, like, Pennsylvania or somewhere in the northeast that's, like, green and it's beautiful, man. Things are you spaced go, out. You've been visiting? No, I need, I want to go. I'll go with you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can be my uh, translator on the way. Automatic. So, and then you started some things here. Talk about the, just in, in general terms, your uh, Find Fakes and yeah. what's that about? Yeah. So Find Fakes is a company that I started. Um, I left, when I left China, my wife and I had 25 grand in the bank. Wow. And we're like, all right, we're going to throw everything we got at starting our own business. And if we run out of money, then we'll be like, all right, I'm going to go get another job working for somebody else. And so when we were living in China, we bought a lot of counterfeit stuff because that's all there is to buy, right? Counterfeit DVDs, counterfeit. Uh, they didn't make, I had to buy counterfeit Nikes because they didn't make Nikes in size 13 <laughs> over there. And we'd buy all this stuff. And then I, one day I was just walking. I was like, I wonder if anybody is trying to stop this problem. And uh, I had some buddies that worked for Volcom. It was like a skateboard company mm-hmm. and they, came they were in china and i stopped them i went to like a store opening i was like are you guys trying to stop this problem of counterfeit stuff and they said you know oh well gave me a shot working for them for free and uh it turned into a real business after wow that's so cool yeah so So six foot five size 13 nikes in china hard to find it must have been a fake and so you you ask around and you you find out there's a, there's an opportunity. Yeah. And so now what we do is, uh, companies hire us. So we don't work for Volcom anymore, but uh, a lot of companies hire us to track down counterfeiters, uh, both in China and in the U S. So if somebody's selling counterfeit, you know, Nikes on Amazon, we would go out and find those. And then we'd report them to Amazon and say, Hey, you know, these are counterfeit Nikes. We know because of X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. and you need to take them down. And then they take them down so that's a service we provide for people. We've got about uh, a dozen, two dozen clients now. And you shared one of them before. You probably can't say, but some big name, big name yeah. companies that you're working with, and right. you're, you're trying to protect their asset, their brand, their whole yep. the, the integrity of their product. And that's awesome. Yeah, it must it's, be. it's a good time, man. It's really fun. I have a, I have a blast because I get to still use my Chinese, um, and I I get to build something and and then helping people. You know some. Dude just created a brand or he created something and it was something that he came up with his mind and then some schmuck decides to start copying it, you know, because he's got a screen printer at home. Right. And that's just not fair. And so it, I, it feels good to, to help these people. And it, I, what I like about 
my business is that I, I work with small and medium sized companies. So I don't want Nike. I don't want Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. I don't want Pfizer. I just want the guys that are like me and you that kind of came up with something and then they, it's, it's a medium sized business. It's not a mega corporation. They have fake Pfizer has fakes out there. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> I yeah. you everything. Uh, yeah. Anything everything you need. Under the I sun. get you anything you need next time <laughs> I go to China. Bro. You just I was just, what do you do with all the counterfeit products? If you get some, some counterfeit Nikes, I mean, I might give them to my kids. I, mean. <laughs> I was telling you, I got a counterfeit shirt today. Alcohol. Yeah. Come by. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. So we wanted to talk about some of the things that you've learned along the way. You're obviously very successful. You're able to just kind of live this, uh, you know, at home entrepreneur life. You've, you're, you're there with your, your wife and kids and you've got a few things going. You must have something figured out. And so some of the things I wanted to talk about today and ask you about, I want I want to know for myself yeah. just because I, you know, I'm, this is nothing big here, but I, I believe I could use the things that you could share with me. And I bet there's, few hundred guys out there who right now who are listening who could uh, appreciate the same yeah what did you have to do to get started in entrepreneurship yeah so i would say it, it started 100 percent from my parents because there's four boys in my family don't have any sisters and all four of us are entrepreneurs now wow and we're all you know doing good at what we're trying to do um and it's 100 percent from them both of my parents actually grew up without fathers Oh, and wow. so they were raised by just really strong women that, that scraped and fought and got after life. And that put that mentality of like, all right, we're going to do this together. We're going to do it fast and we're going to, we're going to work hard, put that together for them. And then they passed that on to us somehow. And I don't know exactly what those lessons looked like, but I just, my first, some of my first entrepreneurial memories are like my mom, um, would we would make uh different crafts with my mom and then she would take us to the craft fair and we'd sit there at the table and we would sell stuff to old ladies you know and old men and that was something that built into me the idea of okay i can create something add value with my work turn around and sell it to somebody else for more money and reap the benefit of that and man we did that i i we did that so much growing up and i don't it was never like, oh crap, I got to go to m- with my mom. I mean, if she asked her, maybe she'd say like, oh yeah, you complained a lot. <laughs> but those are such good memories for me. And then I remember setting up a, a baseball or basketball card shop and in, in underneath the stairs of my house and all the neighborhood kids would come and we'd hustle. And we'd <laughs> you were hustling cards. baseball cards, slinging bu- uh, baseball Dude, cards. <laughs> yeah, my mom, like again, all credit to my parents. My mom and dad would, uh, my mom and dad would take, uh, me around on a, we had like a very vast, uh, paper route and they would drive me around as long as I was doing the work, they would be happy to be there, you know, putting in work with me. And then, you know, I had a window, a window washing business where my mom taught me how to wash windows really good in high school. Wow. And then I'd walk around after she taught me, I walk around neighborhoods, knock doors and be like, <laughs> Hey, my name's Nick. Happy to wash your windows. It'll be a dollar for each pane on each side. So like, and I'd show them how I could do it. And, and I did that all a lot in high school, all through high school. I mean, still like today I could go back out. I'd love to go start a window washing company right now, just cause it's so nostalgic for me of all that fun stuff. And then, so I go out, go to China, come back. Um, and then me and Dana have a little bit of money after, right after we get married, actually, before we go to China, we get a little money for our wedding. It's like 2,500 bucks. And I'm like, all right, time to do some entrepreneurship. And I order from China 
$2,500 worth of memory sticks for PlayStation portables, like those PSP, mm-hmm. bro, and they never show up. Wow. All of our money, <laughs> everything we had. Here's my wife. She's like looking at me like, oh, man. <laughs> so, of course, that was a good, that was my first business that ever went kerplunk. And I put mm. too much skin in the game. I should have never spent, sent Western Union's $2,500 to somebody oh that I've goodness. never met. But that didn't make sense to me, right? It was, I spoke Chinese. I'd spoken to him. I knew, you know. But that failed completely. And so that put us on our backs. And, you know, my dreams of entrepreneurship kind of flopped right there. And so then I went to China and I worked. I worked for another entrepreneur. I worked for a guy that was trying to expand his business in China. And I was the manager, the GM of the China office. Wow. For at 26 years old. Oh my goodness. I had 35 employees. Holy smokes. None of them were gringos. It was just me. <laughs> and I was out there running the show of this big thing. And I had to learn how to start a business in China. Like I had a product, but I had to figure out how to sell it. And yeah, I think we're all like that. Even the guy that's like, okay, I'm going to start selling tires. You know, everybody's got that experience of trying to sell something to somebody else. And so that was just beat into me. I, I did that over and over and over again until, uh, until my wife and I had 25 grand in our bank account and we came home and we said, okay, I have this idea for the anti-counterfeiting thing. I'm going to try it. And, uh, started, started that out. And, uh, it was the first one. We had $3,000 left in our bank account when we hit break even. Wow. And that was it. And then from then on, man, it's just gone up uphill or not uphill. It's been downhill since then, I guess. Mm. So that, that industry, I guess, exists and you just tapped into something or did you, are you approaching these people saying, Hey, I've lived in China. I know these, this counterfeit stuff happens. Obviously they do too, I'm sure. But is it already, was it already out there or did you? So it was out there in, in certain ways. It was out there for big companies, but the little companies like the streetwear companies, right? Like they're not my client, but like take diamond supply company. Oh yeah. Right there. You're, mm-hmm. you see a lot of high school kids yeah. wearing that shirt. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a t-shirt with a simple screen print on it. Right. And it sells for 70 bucks or whatever it sells for. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you and I could make one for four bucks. Right. Yeah. But that's a small enough company that the big guys aren't, my big competitors aren't going to go after that mm. because they don't care enough. Right. To, there's not enough money in that account for them. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I just found a kind of little niche market that I could go after um, and serve those kind of people that needed, needed help without needing a thousand lawyers or, you know, they didn't want to pay 20 grand a month for it. Like my competitors charge. So we just kind of went and did that. Wow, that's awesome. So you 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 show up to these companies and just kind of say, this is what I do and this is how I can help you. Yeah. And they're, they're not necessarily looking for you. Nope. You just come calling and uh, put put your you know message out there and see if they believe yeah. in you. Yeah. And so it's just what I really like. There's a thing in business called the sales cycle. So like from the time that somebody meets you or gets your first email until when they sign, like they, they sign a contract with you. How long does that take? Right. And so what I really like about the anti-counterfeiting business is I just, uh, like the other day I sent one to, there's a YouTube kid who's like selling his shirts for like 70 bucks on his website, but they're selling them for 15 bucks on eBay. Wow. Right. And so I just sent him an email and I said, Hey, while I was working for another client, I found this factory, you know, that's been selling these shirts on eBay. 
and here's one of yours that's sold. I think it was like 1,700 shirts have been sold. Wow. I was like, I'll, I'll take it down for 25 bucks. Mm. Right. And then he, it's up to him. Does he, does he want to do that or does he want to go hire a lawyer or whatever? So you just make that as, as simple as a transaction for them. Okay. I'll, I'll start paying you 25 bucks every time you find one of these, you know, or whatever that price is. I'm sure it's more than 25. Look, you got to take, you can't, you can't follow. There's no cookbook to entrepreneurship. There's, there's outlines, but there's no, like, this is what you need to do. It's like some kid picking up a basketball and going, okay, I want to be LeBron James now. <laughs> right. It's like, that's not the, that's not the process. And LeBron James would never wanted you to be like, okay, I want to be LeBron James. Cause he wants to be his, he wants you to be your own player. Mm. Right. And so there's things in, I think in entrepreneurship and even just life, like you've got to come to your own senses. You've got to come to your own reality at some point. I think, so I think the first thing is you've got to see what's out there. You've got to educate yourself. I read, I, I consume probably 12 hours of podcasts a week. Wow. Just, um, uh, there's people that I think are brilliant and I'll follow them and I'll read every word they say. Uh, Clayton Christensen, he's a past, just recently passed, but he was a Harvard professor mm. that I, every word that came out of that dude's mouth, I was like, all right, this is it. And I used it. Thing is, his advice was for multi-billion dollar corporations. It wasn't mm. for me, but I was able to grab kernels of knowledge out of that. Mm -hmm. And so I think you have to educate yourself. You can't just say like, I'm just going to go start a business without knowing what's out there. But then you also have to say, okay, I'm going to grab some of Clay Christensen's stuff. I'm going to grab stuff I learned from Mark Cuban's book. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, Brad did a cool thing too. I'm going to grab Brad's ideas <laughs> and you're going to smash all those things together. And then you're going to use those to throw up your own ideas and to create what you want to do yourself and like your own style. Sounds like openness, you know, really to, to allow yourself to, to you said see what's out there do some research you know find some voices that you can connect with and see what other people are teaching yeah because dude you know what sucks is that we are we have too many idols these days with social media the way it is mm -hmm. you follow people you know some and there's some kid that's like man i want to be like elon musk <laughs> yeah. i want to have his car i want right. to have his house mm -hmm. i want to be his next door neighbor i want to be best friends with him I mean, that's like, it's nice to have an, it's nice to have something, but when you have 500 of those people, you'll never be happy with what you're doing yourself. You'll never be able to create your own lifestyle, you know? And I think that it's dangerous for us to, at, at a young age, to start mimicking other people or what we want to do or what we want to be or what we expect out of life. And I think that, you know, and so that quote from Emerson, right? Meek young men grow up in libraries, believing it is their duty to accept the views of Cicero which Locke, which Bacon had given, forgetful that Cicero, Locke, and Bacon were only young men in libraries when they wrote these books. Hence, instead of man thinking, we have the bookworm. Mm. So, you know, these people that come up with original ideas like Clay Christensen or whoever it is that I, in, in my world, I never want to just study and just do everything based on what they're doing. I need to respect them and understand them, but also create my own reality and my own kind of way of, of doing business and of leaving, leading life and my own way of being. 
Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And now we're here studying you. Now we're going to listen to you. Now we're going to, we're waiting for the, the Nick podcast. The, Hard pass. The Nick no name uh, podcast. <laughs> I'll just but come no on every name. two years or whatever. It's been, yeah, it'll be good. Every, every, every two months. How about that? All right. Sorry, brother. You're going. <laughs> That's his fancy uh, seltzer water. What is that? It's Mexican water, man. Oh. <laughs> It's the best stuff in the world. I can't even say it, but that's a cool looking bottle. Bro, I cleaned out. I cleaned out Albertsons. Is that a counterfeit? It was real. (laughs) All right. So. I just train wrecked your whole thing. I'm sorry, bro. You're like red nine. You're talking about. Yes. Distinction. So that's one of the things that a man needs in order to be a leader of himself and to, and to make good things happen out there is be distinguished. So how can a man find and create distinction in himself as an entrepreneur? Yeah, and I think that comes from just how you're raised, right? In political science, there's an idea of constructivism. Mm-hmm. That nobody is just the way they are just because that's the way they are. That you were raised a certain way with certain parents in a certain atmosphere in a certain city. And, and you had certain teachers in elementary school, middle school, and high school who taught you from certain books. And so all of a sudden, you create a, a viewpoint in life. Mm-hmm. And so and when you're trying to decide, you know, like at one of our classes in college, we said, what, did, what would Saddam Hussein do in this view? Mm. And you had to go back all the way in his life and say, okay, what were his favorite books? What's his favorite sport? And try to glean knowledge from that. And so I think you find originality by respecting where you came from and looking in your past, right? Are you a guy that grew up uh, on the coast, you know, wearing a lot of uh, skateboarding and doing all these kind of outdoor things mm-hmm. that spend a lot of time and you like to listen to hip hop music and you're like, okay, I got an idea. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? Why doesn't somebody make a shirt that I could wear? That would be cool. Mm. And you draw, sketch something up and all of a sudden you've started a company and that's how most of the streetwear companies that are alive today started. Right. And you have to respect that or sure, you know, and I think, you know, you look at, was it Phil Knight, the the C, the guy that created Nike, right? Sure, yeah. He was a running mm-hmm. coach and he had crappy running shoes. And mm. he's like, I wonder if I can fix that problem. And so one of the ways that, you know, I think you pull originality out of yourself is just by, by always respecting your mindset and what you're, what things are pissing you off, what, mm-hmm. what things are, what things bother you. And then say, okay, like this is something that I obviously am paying attention to more than 99% of other men or people. And, and I think that I can, you know, I can make a unique idea out of, out of this thing. So for like, for me, I play a lot of board games. Um, or they interest me a lot. And, uh, then stuff like, I love the ocean. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love airplanes. My, all my family, my brothers all fly. My dad flies and my uncle's in the air force. So I grew up at airports and air shows and I love world war two, like history channel stuff. I've seen every world war two movie there is. <laughs> and so when I'm making games right now, board games, I find myself drawn to making like a pirate game for the ocean Oh, nice! and like a world war two pilot game because I, I speak that language and I can mm-hmm. mix. Oh, you like board games. Oh, you like world war two airplanes. Okay. Now here's a game that you can kind of create, you know, and you have to respect those, those kind of passions it's really hard to come out of left field and be like, okay, I'm, I'm a terrible baseball player. My dad's a great baseball. I'm a terrible baseball player. And I wouldn't be like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start Nick's baseball company, Inc. There's <laughs> no way to start from that. Yeah. So you just have to see where your where, where's your mind led you? Where have your interests led you throughout life? And that stuff could be super weird. It could be like, 
you know, you're really the guy that loves to pick out the best toilet paper. You, you have your favorite <laughs> brand of toilet paper and that's like your thing that you, that you've loved or like me, I like sparkling water. I don't know why, but like this water is the best water in the world. And I'm somebody that like really pays attention to, to that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So you just find these weird things, the things that you're drawn to, the things that bother you more than other people and recognize, okay, that's, that's something that I could attack in entrepreneurship or just in life in general. That's awesome. I, I heard a TV preacher one time say something about anger is the birthplace of solution. Oh, 100%. And, and when you're saying, you know, you're frustrated, you're, you're running into a problem that there, no one has solved before, you combine your, your interests and your, where, where your mind is drawn, the way you were raised, and just all those influences, and that's how you create originality and 100%. therefore distinction. Yeah. So it seems like the more specific you are in your ideas, that's how you... That's how you develop distinction. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you'll never, you'll never be able to do something that a big like you, you'll you'll never be able to make something that can compete against somebody that's gigantic. But maybe you can compete at on a small micro level, right? Like you're never going to go make the next Coca Cola beverage company that has a conglomerate of lots of different drinks. But maybe you're going to start a root beer mm -hmm. that's going to be in in five states and 50 stores mm -hmm. and that's a respectable life of a sure. couple hundred thousand dollars a year right right and so what are, what are your what are you shooting for what is what's your goal mm -hmm. and if you can pick out and nip at these little tiny markets that you see like what you've done here right alpha quorum mm -hmm. you've picked out a market that's small and you yourself are one of these people and so you're trying to speak directly to that market you're not you're probably never going to be the biggest yeah, not going to be uh, Joe Rogan, and, and yeah, but that's not your goal, right? Right? You want to, you want to, you have a a small segmented group of people that you want to help. I think that's what you have to do with any originally. You talk about goals. How important are goals in the process of entrepreneurship? I I just think like overall, this is somewhere we're really missing the mark when we're teaching kids about entrepreneurship. I've gone to a few high schools and spoken, um, just well, generally okay, and like. Nice. Oh, your kids have probably been in, if I go to, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. A few of them. And like, it's nothing special. Don't like, <laughs> Whatever. it's not like, it, it's like the Michael Scott. Remember where he goes and speaks at career <laughs> yeah. day and like looking at, it was more like that. But I mean, in my, in my discussions with people, I think this is somewhere where we miss is that you, at some point in your life, you need to be very honest and it has, it, it's better if it's in your twenties or thirties where you can be very honest about what your goal is and what drives you. Right. Like, and then you have to, let me give you an example. Uh, if you're somebody that loves power, if you're drawn to like, I want to have 50 employees and I want to be the top dog of these 50 employees. And I want to actually, I want to be 300 people that all look at me every day and like, oh, that's the man. And mm -hmm. You, you want to deal with people and, and talk to people. Hire and fire. And, and fire and have all this, you know, power. Right. If that's what it is, you have to start a business that's going to be a gigantic business. Right. With stuff that I'm talking about where you, you pick out a little tiny market segment's not going to work. And then you have to, you have to be very honest about what your end goal is. Like for me, my end goal, uh, just speaking for my own personal, is like, I want to be able to spend as much time as I can with my kids while they still like me. <laughs> right. Cause there's going to be a point where they're teenagers and they're like, Oh, dad's not cool anymore. <laughs> um, and so I want to spend as much time as I can with them in these early years. And I also want to be able to kind of be my own boss. And I don't like managing people. When I was in China, I had to fire 23 people in one day. Oh my goodness. US called me 
the U.S. office calls me. I was like, hey, here's the 23 people. They got to go. Worst day of my life. And like, I just, I'm never going to hire. I'm, I never want to be somebody that is going to hire and fire a bunch of people anymore. Cause I just, mm -hmm. I get too attached to people and then I feel bad and I make not smart business decisions because of that. And I knew that when I was in China. So when we were in China and we're looking at starting our own business or we just come back and we're like, okay, we're going to start our own business. That was one of the things in the forefront of my mind. I don't want to have a business that has a ton of people in it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be big. I don't want to be huge so that I have to go raise money and hire all these people and like have a giant overhead. I didn't want that stress. That's all just stress. And so every business that I start now is very segmented to like, to the lifestyle that I want. I want like Amazon stuff is all runs itself. Basically, um, the anti-counterfeiting, I have, you know, a solid team that's kind of structured in a way that it all, we all work very well together. And there's not like, I don't ever need to hire a bajillion people or I never, and I'm never going to take on a, that many clients. I never want to make this thing a million dollar business because it's just not, it's not what my goal is. But if you're one of those people that like, Hey, I hate working any job, any job you ever gave me, I'd hate it. And so I just want to clock in and I want to clock out. I want to clock in at, at eight in the morning and leave at five. And that's all I want life to be. Then, then there's, if, if that's how you are, then you've got to go find a job, right? you know, that's going to be like that. If you want to highly, if you like jobs that are like highly interactive with people, you've got to go find your own kind of thing, you know, and the environment that fits. Yeah. And you have to be so honest about that because I think, you and I see a lot of our friends that are completely, you know, separated from the person they are outside of work or the person they are inside of work, or they hate their jobs. And I think a lot of that comes out from a misalignment of what their actual end goals are. Cause maybe inside they really want to, they really want to be creative, but instead they find themselves in a law office somewhere filling out, you know, personal injury lawyer cases or yeah, something filling in the blanks on templates and yeah. fighting in court or whatever. Right. Yeah. And they have these grand visions of like, of their, their heart's just not in the same spot that they're kind of their goals or their, their body's not in the same spot as their goals kind of are. So you're kind of talking about you, you need to know those things maybe first, your idea, your business, your methods, how you approach it, all that comes later to begin with. You're saying you got to be honest about what you want and doing what you are. Yeah. Yeah. Really being aware of your needs and kind of how you operate. I'm, I'm like you, I've, I've been in positions where I, you know, had to hire and fire people and that's just not, I don't, I'm not, I don't like that. Right. I want to create, I want to create, I want to motivate, I want to inspire people. That part of leadership, I guess I like, but some of those other things when I've been in like management positions, not fun at all for me. I, could, I don't want to do it. I won't. Yeah. And I had a friend, a couple months ago got a promotion to be a manager and I was like, dude, don't like, don't do it. Please don't do it. Like it's good. And every time I see him now, it's like, oh, I freaking hate managing people. <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> he got paid. He gets paid a lot more, I'm sure. But mm -hmm. like, you know, he, this is not what he wanted to do. Yeah. And it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to line those things up. So I'm curious, how did you come up with some of your business ideas and, uh, and then also I want to talk about some of those specific things, like the, the games and things that you have and yeah. share that with these guys. Yeah. So I think, um, my general like way of starting the business idea is to just find stuff out that makes you angry. Not mm -hmm. it makes you angry, but you're like, what is the deal with X, Y, and Z? 
Is anybody trying to figure out that problem? And so let me just take you through a stupid idea that I have right now that I'm like trying to figure One out. One that you're wor working on right now? It's it been in my mind. Okay. I'd love to hear this live process. So what are, what are, uh, I saw it on a uh, thing on Reddit one day or something that this, um, so Uber driver puts a plastic sheet up between him and his guests in the back because of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So I'm now invested in uh, this dude. He's been creative and doing this. And now I'm invested in like, I spent three hours one day on the computer. Like what are the solutions? Cause going forward, this is going to be a problem. Sure. What are the solutions to figuring out what this thing? So I started, I had opened up a sketchbook and I'm like started sketching all these ideas that I had of like a mask system that the, and it ended up looking like the Uber driver was a maverick, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with a hose going out the side of his window like where it's getting clean air oh, so wow. he's not doing any recycled and somebody feel free to take that idea and run with it but like it's stuff like that where i'm like is anybody trying to solve this problem and if so are they doing a good job because right now the only solution that the market has found is plastic sheep mm. over your back seat mm -hmm. right and so for uncommon questions is another example the, the card game that my wife and i created is um we have three kids uh, we go to bed at night or the kids go to sleep at night, 8:30, and we are typically going to bed 10, 10 or 11. And she wanted to relax in one way. She wanted to go watch Netflix and I wanted to go uh, play video games or do something. And I, we weren't watching the same shows or whatever it was. And we would just be like, all right, well, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. And then we separated. And one day I was sitting there. I was like, I wonder if anybody is trying to solve this problem. And I talked to my friends like, you guys having the same thing? And they're like, oh yeah, we all do the same exact <laughs> thing. Like she goes and watches Gilmore Girls and I'll go, you know, watch whatever next door. And so one day I was just sitting there and I was like, I wonder if we started writing questions that we wanted to ask each other that we, we don't know. And we just put them in a box and every night before kids go to bed, we're downstairs doing the dishes or just cleaning out the house. We'll just pull a card out and have a discussion that we've never had before. Learn something new that we never knew about that other person and just have that first moment uh, first date moment for 15 minutes a night and just what, what will that do? So I looked up and I didn't find anybody that was specifically writing questions, uh, for this market on Amazon. And so, uh, my friends came over and they started looking at our box of questions and they liked them. And so somebody said, Hey, you should make this into a product. And that was smart. And, you know, so then we started making it. And so it's been stuff like that where it's like, like we're working on run right now where it teaches kids social skills. Cause I'm raising two boys and a girl that are trying to in coronavirus, having a hard time talking to anybody. Cause I've told them not to get close to people for the last right. six months. Right. And so we've been working on finding ways to build those types of games. And so it's just weird. You know, you just find stuff throughout life. That's like, Oh, I want, that's a problem. So like living in China, the counterfeit thing, uh, that was made uncommon question or that made, um, the other game or the other business, the anti-counterfeiting find fakes. And then we've just kind of come up with stuff. One day I was at lunch with my buddy that sells, sells door to door. And he's like, Hey, can you get me, you know, he's like, I can't find leads that I need. And I was like, well, I bet I could make those for you. And then I thought about it for a day or two. And then I sent him 10,000 leads that he needed like wow. using the computer program. So it's just stuff like, are you able to go light bulb moment when there's a problem? And, figure out if there's a solution for that problem. 
a lot of curiosity, it sounds like. That's kind of the core of how you design these businesses and yeah. these products and things, right? Yeah. Just getting curious. It's annoying. Asking the, questions of yourself. Yeah. yeah, or just of like, why is the world the way it is? This annoys the crap out of my wife, <laughs> man. Because I will walk into like a restaurant and I'll be like, this is completely inefficient. <laughs> I'll be like, why are they doing that over there and this over there? She's like, just enjoy dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Stop solving problems, right. Nick. But dude, whenever I go to, I'm on cloud nine whenever I'm at Chick-fil-A, because that place is an oiled freaking machine, <laughs> you know, and I'm learning every time I go there. And so it's just like curiosity about why is this done the way it is? Or why is this business operating the way it is? I wonder if, you know, for my buddy, like that would, that needed leads for door to door knocking. He was like, hey, I've got these guys and I can't figure out how to send them to the right houses, but this is the demographic. How would I go about getting this? And I didn't know if I could get it, but I just accepted that problem. And then I went out and found like an easy solution for what it was. And now it's, it's a decent little business, you know, pays the mortgage. So, wow, nice. Yeah. I think it's just, can you train yourself to, can you train yourself to walk into a room? You know, like the CIA, when you walk into a room, they know the exits and they know how many people are in that room within within 10 seconds. Hmm. That's one of the things he trained you to do. And so it's like with this, it's, can you uh, walk into a business or walk into a situation and identify pain points within a few seconds? Did you say pain points? Yeah. Just like pain where, points. Where, where it's hurting them. <laughs> yeah. Where it's hurting the customer, or it's hurting them where they might be losing money or just inefficiencies in life. Right. Like, you know, I don't, and there's people that build motorcycles that could probably be like, Oh yeah. You know, like I need to figure out, it's every time I need to figure out this problem, I have to go to this source and it takes me 25 minutes to get there. Why doesn't somebody write a book that, you know, figures out all these noob problems that, you know, people have. So it's just figuring out the stuff that sucks in your life and trying to find interesting and creative solutions yourself. You mentioned like research. It's interesting what you can find just by reading. And there's so much information out there. If people would just read and it's like, I ask men sometimes, have you ever Googled it? <laughs> you know, whatever your problem is or whatever your thing, have you ever Googled it? And people are, have you ever Googled how to, you know, be more romantic with your wife? And they're like, uh, yeah, no, I haven't. <laughs> right. There's a billion web pages on that, bro. Check it out. Read yeah. some things, you know? Yeah. And that's one of those skills that you just have to develop is how to fire hydrant information. Like Google that problem, mm -hmm. fire hydrant it, let it go through the brain that you've built over the last X amount of years and spit out a solution that might be interesting, right? And just chew on it and think about ideas, meditate on them, not meditate like, like formal meditation, but just like problems will bother me all day until I kind of figure out a, an interesting solution to them. So uncommon questions is your game. I want to, I want to look at that. Like what are the categories and how do people find that? I want to, this is just my own curiosity yeah. here real quick. I'm going to pull it up. Yeah, Amazon. so you just go to Amazon, type in either conversation starters or uh, uncommon questions, and it'll pop right up as one of the as one of the games there. So it started. This one's just for couples. Um, the first one it works for a lot of different situations. Yeah, there we are. Dang, right there. Uh, yeah, and and um, if you if you kind of think about it, what we're doing now is building on. So we're having common questions for kids. Um, we've made it, we've made a really cool one that I'm excited about. Cause my parents, like I, I know them as my parents, um, as a youth, but I don't know every story of their life, but those are the things that I'm really interested in now. 
like, dad, tell me about the first time you threw a baseball. Like, what was that like? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a conversation I would have her mom. Like what, who was your, you know, the first celebrity crush that you had? Like, those would be interesting conversations to have. Um, and one day my brother and I were actually in Germany at a, at a card game conference. And, uh, we went, we followed my grandpa's world war two journal. And that's all we have of him is like this world war two journal that he kept during the war. And we went to a battlefield that he was at and we read his kind of followed his journal journey throughout the battle. And we're like, man, it'd be cool just to have him here for one freaking day, like one freaking day that you could just go through all those things. So we created an uncommon questions, um, life stories edition that takes you, you could sit down with your parents and know it's like 300 questions or 250 questions. And it goes through like, who are you named after what hospital oh, you nice. were born to all the way through like what's marriage advice that you would give to somebody or you know what how would you pick out a career so it goes all the way through their entire life and then asks them for life advice wow that's so cool i want the whole i want the whole set do you have a whole box Dude, set <laughs> it's it's on its way from china right now and man. you got a you got a you got a sexy one too right you got a kind of a, a an adult version or something well, there's a, there, that, yeah that one's not printed yet oh I'll not sit, printed i'll oh. send that one to you to, <laughs> to suss out with your i'll check it out we'll go yeah. through all 200 cards and make sure we've yeah. done all we've the got other. a real funny one called uh so you think you love each other that's got all the is this I'll, on there is this no, out? i'll pull it up okay. for you real quick though so you think you love each other. Uh, there's a newly couple that's about to get married. And I was like, if you guys really think you love each other, just come read all these questions to each other on your drive home. <laughs> so it's like, what's the last thing your significant other did that annoyed you? Ooh. Which of your significant other's friends would you most like never to see again? <laughs> or rate your significant other's driving on a scale of one to 10. Oh, that's great. What's the most, who's the most racist parent person in your significant other's family? <laughs> Which member of your significant other's family do you wish your significant other was more similar to? So <laughs> I wish you were more like your sister. You know, yeah, 100%. <laughs> that, that's a that's so a, there's these like these are just like deplorable questions that we've kind of <laughs> created throughout this process of writing all these. We're like, oh, we'll just put this aside and wait for it. I love this so, one. I've just on your Amazon page. I'm reading one of the ones for couples. What experience in your life do you wish your significant other could have witnessed to better understand you? Dude, that is one of the things I find about therapy and counseling is people just sometimes don't know the question to ask or they don't know the language, how to articulate themselves. That's probably something that every person could appreciate that kind of question, but would never know how to ask the question. So that's one of your strengths, obviously here, Nick, is that you know how to ask good questions of yourself, of the market, of what's happening out there. And here of your spouse, you know, to like, this is building intimacy and friendship. I mean, I love this whole idea. I've been trying to get a box for like, Bro, just, I see you at church every Sunday until the quarantine. How do you not then, have a box? <laughs> I, need a, I need a case. I can sell them for you. Oh, yeah, all for you. We'll give you the Corona specials. We'll be good. Well, yeah. And, you know, I think that goes back again to my parents. Like I was raised by two people that, will stop a random person on the street and like become their best friend. And that, that's something very unique. Um, I think you're from the South too, right? Yeah. I grew up in Florida. Yeah. So you know how it is. Mm-hmm. Just everybody's a friend. Nobody's yep. nobody. You're not scared of anybody. You're mm-hmm. just best friends with everybody. And, uh, and that just, yeah, it's one of those things that I was just, I recognized my wife actually recognized it in me and that gave me the courage to kind of, to start this thing. Yeah. That you're a friend to everyone? Well, just that you're like, oh, you're interest, really interested in people, you know, or you really like to talk to people. You're a people mm-hmm. person. And I never really, that had never really clicked in there. 
But now it's giving me this thing that, oh, I can start games that make people become better friends because that's something that comes, like being friends with somebody is somebody something that comes easy to me. So I can transfer my passion and my knowledge of that creation structure into card games, right? So we've got another one called Asking for a Friend that's a game for party, like it's a party game. Okay. Dude, and it's, it's just all about pulling out the funny and hilarious stories that you're too afraid <laughs> to, to like get from people. And it was just a hoot. I love playing it, you know, and it's just one of those things that I'm very interested in people. And so it's just a very, it, it, the making it came naturally to me. So people are like, you know, where'd you come up with this idea? And I'll be like, well, it's just something that like, it's natural thing. And you know, other people have, I, I'm terrible at stuff. You ask me to spell something or be technical about things. I, there's nothing, I've never been that person, but this is how to communicate and how to communicate in a group of people, something that kind of came easy. I can't wait to see some of these, man. And I'd love to, I, I, I will put our, we'll put links up I on our, our show notes and stuff and get people connected to that. I've, yeah. I've even recommended that. I know that at least one of my clients bought that game. Oh, for real? Yeah. When it was fairly new, I said, Hey, check this out. I put it up on my phone, showed it to him. I know the guy that created this and you should have this for your, Oh, we'll get you guys yeah. like a, we'll get you a coupon code for your oh, website. Okay. So everybody yeah. gets a half off right or something. On. Yeah, yeah we'll do right it. on. That's cool. Yeah. You know how to do coupon codes. I always wondered if those were real. Oh, bro. <laughs> we'll make it something cool too. Like Brad, Brad one, two, three or something. So I'm a graphic designer. I could counterfeit this game and sell it on eBay. Maybe. You better dude. It's on. It's actually being counterfeited in, or offered oh. as a counterfeit in China. Are you serious? Yeah. Somebody trademarked uncommon questions in China already. It's oh just, it is what it is, right? Like you make a successful thing. People are going to run after it, but I can shut it down once it, I'm not worried about, I'm not going to spend $20,000 to go fight somebody in China right, right now right. for it. Wow. But we'll make them pay one day. So you talked about, you know, developing ideas. Once you have the idea, what do you do with those next? Yeah. So everybody's just got to, number one, write down any idea you get. Okay. And it's just like learning to do, it's like a bench press, right? Mm -hmm. You got to learn how to do over and over and over again, keep records. Because if you go to the, I, I, I hear people that go to the gym, like to write down how much weight they mm -hmm. do for reps yeah. and stuff is just a matter. And so you get an idea, you write it down. Like my cell phone is my thing in the notes section. I just mm -hmm. have tons of business idea jar, like just gibberish that I'll come up with. And I'll be like, oh, somebody trying to solve this problem. So just writing it down so you have a tangible thing. Um, and that's a that's a really good way to kind of build the the mechanism that creates ideas or the generation of the idea. Once you have it, um, it's really important to learn how to, to, to kind of solidify the idea. And so I have a board actually in my office where I have ideas and then it goes like a and, whiteboard or yeah, like it's a like a, it's a pin board. And so okay. I'll write on a sticky note and just stick it up there. And so it'll be like uh, ideas and then it'll say, who's fixing this problem is the next section. And so then I go through, okay, I'm going to go on Amazon and see, I'll type in Uber masks, okay, Uber, U Uber air masks or something like that. Right. And see, is anybody creating this thing? Okay. No. Or what solutions are out there? Okay. Can I create something better or cheaper for that? And that's the next step, like creating tangibles. And so I'll, I'll go in and I'll figure out uh, a design or something like that. And then what I'll do after I make that initial idea or figure out what I want form, I want it to be, I'll price that out. So if it's going to cost me $300 to make Maverick masks for Uber drivers, right, then that's not a good business right. idea. Mm -hmm. But if I can make them for 25 cents, then I'll take that 
and I'll uh, move it on to the next section, which is just prototyping it. So 3D printing. I like have a 3D printer at home. I'm always making kind of weird little things. Um, and I'll 3D print them or make a prototype and I'll give it to people. And I'll say, hey, like Brad, try this thing. See if you like it and give me any feedback you have. So right now we're in the process of that with one of our board games, the uh, social experiment for kids, giving them out to people and saying, hey, try this. Give us feedback. What do you think? After that, you edit your idea or you you kind of edit whatever product you, so you take your feedback from your prototyping phase and you edit it and make it better. And then you just got to figure out how to get it into the market. And we're at such a prime time of entrepreneurship right now where any product that you have, any idea you have, any book you have, any board game you have, anything that you want to sell to other people, you can put on either Kickstarter or Indiegogo and you'll immediately know if you have a product that people want. Describe Kickstarter real briefly. Yeah. I know you'd had something to do. Yeah, with so Kickstarter is pretty cool. Um, my wife and I had a, a, the prototype of our, so what we did was we made our board game and or we made our deck of conversation starters. And then we put it on there and we say, hey, we're Nick and Dana. If you go onto our Kickstarter website, it's really cute. cute. We made this little video on my iPhone. With I've seen that photo. video. Yeah, and it's like, this is our idea. If you want it, like pre-order it here. We'll deliver it to you in six months, but you can buy a set now and pre-order it for us. And so people, we raised, I think, eight eight or $9,000. On pre-orders? On pre-orders. That's, that's kind of what that is? Yeah, it's just conditional pre-orders. And these are people that have faith in your idea and faith in you as somebody that can get the job done wow, okay. to make it. That's I never even knew that, it, that yeah. much of it. Yeah, and so that's perfect, right? Because that you automatically know, hey, I have an audience. I mean, so many businesses have started like this, um, like kick Cards Against Humanity mm-hmm. was made from uh, a Kickstarter. Wow. Um, just big companies. Ring, I think, was one of those guys. This the, 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 the door security the, things. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of big companies now are coming out of this thing. It's like, hey, let me make this, see if people want it. Okay, now I've seen that people want it. I'm moving forward. Even huge multi-billion dollar companies like Oculus Rift, the guys that made the virtual reality headset, that was a mm-hmm. Kickstarter idea. Wow. Where this dude, I think he was like 16 at the time. And he's like, hey, I've got this idea. Does anybody want it? And so if you can do that, if you can take your idea and put it on somewhere where you just offer it to people before you've spent a dime on it, then you're playing with, then you're playing with the, the house's money, right? Because like for uncommon questions, we have yet to put a dollar of our own money into the thing. Goodness gracious. Because it's Kickstarter gave us people pre-ordered. With the pre-order money, we were able to buy twice as many as we needed sell the other bit and we've just been flipping that money you know dude that's crazy and so that's like right now dude everybody should be doing that if you have an idea you should be doing that because the worst thing in the world the dumbest thing in the world is what i did with the with the memory cards it's like i throw all your money all my money at it and then you're done instead of having these little micro ideas where you're like hey you know brad if i made this microphone for you would you use it on your podcast oh yeah you would okay cool Mm -hmm. I'm going to make one for you and just give me your feedback on it. Oh, do you want to buy one now? Like there's at that communication is so easy to play test stuff for people. So you're testing the idea before you even had the product. I mean, you had, you had some of it was created, but there was no physical game yet. Yeah. And if you start a business, like I had a guy the other day come to me, he's like, I want to start a beachwear company. It's going to be beachwear. And I was like, what, what, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know. It's going to be beachwear. And no, it was like Hawaiian shirts or something. Okay. And he's like, but I've got the name before. I'm like, dude, like you've got the name, but you're not thinking about, did people actually want this? How am I going to compete against somebody that you, you have to, you have to put your ideas into that kind of mechanism 
where you're gaining feedback and seeing if the market is actually responding to what you want before you make it. Cause yeah, is it oversaturated? What are the challenges? Those kinds of questions. You yeah, Cause there's nothing like making something you love and it's awesome. And then putting it out there and then not going anywhere. Right. It's a much easier thing to say, Hey, I've got this idea. I want to try it out. Does anybody want this thing? Oh, you guys don't. Okay. Well maybe let me go back to the drawing board and figure it out. Like for asking for a friend, I freaking love that game. Like it's the best to me. It's the best party game that I've ever played. And I made it. So I think that we put it on Amazon, dude, and it's just flopped. Really? It's just not like we sell a dozen of them a month, hmm. which is nice, but like, it's not, it's not doing anything. And so now it's caused me to be like, all right, we got to pump the brakes and go back and think about, think about what it is we made. How to rework it a little bit or do it. something totally different. Cause I'm competing against the biggest company, like cards against humanity, exploding kittens, all these big party games that have millions of dollars now to, to beat me down mm-hmm. and how can I compete against those guys um, in order to, in order to get better or people maybe just don't want it. Right. And it'll be something that me and my kids play and we laugh about um, which is fine too. But again, I've put $0 into that business. So it's not like with Kickstarter, uh, we made $9,000 with it. We made our first print run. It was awesome, but it didn't make me broke. Like if I was, you know, just spending all my own money now, that's so stinking stressful, man. Mm. That's that's the stressful part. But, dude, just my advice is if you're going to try to start something new, go to work in your day job, come home at night, and from 8 p.m. when you tuck your kids in, you kiss your wife goodnight, until 2 a.m., be working on that new idea. Don't stop everything and then, and then, and then, throw your life into it. I mean, there's some nobility in that, Mm -hmm. but it's also just, you don't need to do that anymore. It's not necessary. That's the point is that there's a, there's a mechanism in place and you did that with your, uh, uncommon questions. That's so awesome. I didn't, I didn't realize that's how it worked. I I wasn't sure about Kickstarter. Yeah, man, it's, it's been really, really helpful. People do their books on there. People do artwork on there. Just any gizmo or gadget. I mean, you can't start a restaurant. Well, actually people do start restaurants on there, but like, just the concept of here's my here's idea, my restaurant here's the theme buy a it. gift card to it or something. Yeah, but you know you just can't. I think at this day and age, it's you have to be brave enough to test out your ideas, and some people are scared to test out their ideas and put them on there. What's the risk for the person? I mean, what if you say I'm going to start this game, it flops, people have already given you money, or you you never get to the production point. What you just return the money? Is this you, a risk so you that can they re- take? They take that risk. They normally the, yeah willing to like i just had a friend that got screwed on something i forgot oh it was some golf golf gloves that the guy raised i think a couple million bucks or something he never delivered them he delivered them to like the first hundred people and then nobody else has gotten them wow right so it's you got it i think part of the thing on kickstarter is like building a reputation of like people have seen now that i've run two successful ones and then i've delivered on them ah. and so now they'll hopefully trust me to to do the next thing. But you know, man, so many people are scared of, of testing out their ideas and throwing them on Kickstarter or, or trying to sell them to people door to door before. Like I, the other day I was at Costco and I have the, so I have these leads for solar stuff and I was at Costco and I stopped this guy that was sitting there. I was like, Hey, would you buy, I have these leads. Would you buy them from me? And he's like, no, I don't want them. I was like, all right, <laughs> but you have to be brave enough to, to be like, Hey, I have this thing. Does do you want it? Oh, you don't. Okay, good. And maybe that's from knocking on doors, asking to squeegee people's windows 
and knocking on doors and asking people if they want Jesus for two years. Yeah, you know, you're right. Maybe that's some of the strength there that I gained. That helps Probably me. even before that too, you're selling baseball cards under your stairs at your yeah, as man. a kid. If or anybody whatever. wanted my Dominique Wilkins, it was going to cost them. You know, was, it, that stuff's not I free. got Dale Murphy here. Oh, bro. Right? <laughs> Dude, my kid found my base, my basketball cards the other day. We've kind of gone through them there. It's a Kevin McHale special. Oh, that was a big uh, Celtics fan, apparently. That's good, man. <laughs> so we've talked about your approach to entrepreneurship, some of your successes and the things you've been able to, to grow and learn from in general as a man. Yeah. You know, I guess I just want to finish up with this. Like you're a stud, man. You're, you're a person that I would trust with any part of my life, with any aspect of my life. You just yeah. got a good energy. Appreciate you, that. you you do good things. You, you've got a strong sense of like spirituality, you know, you're a family man and it looks like you're out here making money and just kind of living a, a solid life. T- tell me just some of the general principles that you like to follow for just living a good life as a man, husband, father. That's a really good question, man. I appreciate those nice things you said. I, uh, I think just being honest about what you really want in life is the biggest thing. Cause some of us will go hide. Um, some of us will go hide in different ways. Maybe you, really like working out and you're going to the gym a lot, but maybe it's not because you want to be fit. Maybe it's because you're afraid of the stress that's at home and you don't want to deal with that. So you put time into your body there instead. Um, You know, maybe you have some sort of addiction that is you're out with your buddies and and you're, you're telling your wife, Hey, I need to go hang out with my friends to release some stress. But in reality, you're running away from, how scared you are of your boss or whatever it is. Yeah, man. I just getting to know yourself and what you really are either professionally going to somebody that can help you pull, pull the, the curtain back a little bit, finding somebody that you love in your life, whether it be your partner spouse or a, a good friend that can just speak truth to you. That's so important. And I think that being able to find the root of what you're really trying to do Cause I, I'll tell you, man, I find peace in that, at least in my house is that like, I know that I'm not going to go do something because I want to be with my kids, even if it's playing Fortnite with them, you know, I still, that's my goal is to, is to spend time with them. And that's because that's what my dad did, right? He busted his ass every day going and working jobs that like, that were not glorious and he didn't enjoy all the time, but he was out there every day. And then my mom, you know, making crafts, teaching school, just scraping after life that, that burned deep inside of me that like, okay, this is what it is. It's family. And this is, and so that's what's inside of me. And maybe it for somebody else, it's like, I got this passion for golf, man. Mm-hmm. And I love golf and I want to play golf every day until I die. Well, maybe, maybe you need to alter your, your, your uh the way that you're going to live in your expectations in life because of because of that commitment that you've kind of made or whatever it is whatever it is you just got to be really honest about what you what you're doing because as long as you're trying to veil your actions with with some secondary motivation it's really hard like some people you know go to church and become because they want to have power over people or somebody go into some people go into law because they want to be rich or something like that. 
but most of the time, I don't think that those are the real motivations behind the reason that people are doing the things that they want to do and your soul will be in disconnect until, until you can be like, all right, this is what I'm, this is what my life's about. I'm about, you know, bringing people together, helping people, men solve their problems. And I don't know, I don't know what the beginning of that path looks like, but you know, spirituality helps. I think having people to talk to helps being quiet and, and thinking through your soul. Like what, I, I forget who it was, but he said it takes more courage for a to man to look into his own soul than to fight on a battlefield, mm. right? And um, yeah, I just think that kind of stuff's really important to look deep in yourself. You're talking about being honest and not concealing or hiding from your, you know, with from the real life problems with, with some other endeavor. So it's, that's being honest with yourself, but how do you use, one of the things we teach men is that they need a tribe. They need men. They need capable men around them, whether it's family or friendships or in whatever way. Who, how do you work? Do you have advisors? Who, do you have people, mentors that you trust and, you know, some little group of, of men that you really would consider like brothers who, who know your, all of your stuff. And, and, and if you have an idea, you run it by them and they say, no, man, that's stupid. Or yeah. yes, go for it. Like, how do you use tribe? Yeah. So I think first is just my, uh, real life brothers mm-hmm. who are, who are example, every single one of them is example to me in some way. Um, and I'm blessed to have three brothers that I can know, have my best interests at heart and have been through stuff that I've not been through. The other thing is I have, I'm a very segmented person when it comes to certain stuff. I don't have one person that I kind of am like, okay, but I will, I'll, I'll notice people that like, oh, this guy's really good at this. And so whenever I have a question, I have a buddy that is like my spiritual advisor, kind of whenever I run into stuff that bothers me, I'll, I'll, he's the go-to, he's the for, go-to that, for that. that. Stuff. I got a business guy that I'm like, a, you know, business problems or like stuff like that. I'll be like, Hey, do you, this is concerning to me. Can you do, can you give me your advice on that? Uh, and then there's kind of just like a patchwork guy where the, <laughs> he and I are both living kind of an entrepreneurial life and, and we'll talk through, cause I never want to go to a guy and be like, Hey, like, what are you doing about, you know, working from home too much? Like if you thought like, that's a jerk thing to go to somebody <laughs> that's a, that's a doctor or something <laughs> right. you know, that's working ER right. 12 hour shifts and be like, <laughs> I think I'm spending too much time at home. <laughs> But I have a guy that's another entrepreneur that's in the same boat as I am. And we talk a lot about like, about being honest with ourselves and, and about making sure our priorities are aligned in our families. And like, and so that, yeah, I just, I've, I've kind of got a, a, a guy or a girl for every situation. And then there's like, a, you know, trying to work through my own stuff, my own feelings. I have a trans person that I work with every day mm-hmm. and um, they've been really good at like, me looking at myself in the mirror the last two months when all this stuff's been happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being like, Hey, what do you think about this thing? And there's safe space for me to be an idiot and to mm-hmm. figure my own stuff out. Or like I've got a neighbor who's it's black dude, super best guy in the world. And I'll talk to him about like, you know, what do you think about this or that? Or how's that compute? So I just find, I try to find people that I, I've kind of like, I guess a tribe is a good word for it where you yeah. just kind of have, you know, this person knows infinitely more about this thing than I do. So I'm going to go to them and throw my dumb ideas at them until something clicks or 
So even if these aren't connected like a cohesive group, you still are relying on other people's wisdom mm-hmm. to, to set you straight and, you know, kind of give you feedback. And, 100%. And, and that's sounds like that's been very important for your success. You know, you're I'm, open, you're seeking, you're always asking questions. I'm so stoked for what you guys have built too because I just spent a little, I spent an hour on your Facebook page today. Everybody's solving each other's problems with their own stuff. Like I, that's, that's all life's about, right? It'd be so boring if we were here alone. Yeah. And I just think that it's so important if you don't have that next to you and what a great thing Facebook can be. I mean, it can be an awful thing too, right? But like a way to connect with dudes that, that can help you fulfill some part of your life or you can respect you. Nick, appreciate you being here today, brother. It's just really been just a valuable bit of time that I've been able to spend with you here. And I know that the men who listen are going to get a lot from this too. So last word, what, what is your last bit of advice for, for guys? I I promise, I hope this won't be your last time on the show, but for now, what, what do you want to leave men with? Yeah. So there's three things that I think I'd point people towards that have changed my life a lot in the last two years. One is a one minute, uh, some of the last two years, but in the last little bit, um, there's a, about a one minute and 15 second John Goodman clip on the internet, on YouTube, and you can search for it. It's from the movie The Gambler, and it's called The Position of F.U. <laughs> and it's got cussing in it. Okay. The most solid life advice I've ever heard anybody give, and I don't want to spoil it because I will butcher. Just go listen to John Goodman, plug your ears, just solid life business advice and I'm, it's got language in it so prepare yourself but but All it's right, good we'll, we'll, we'll hook that up we'll yeah. look it up yeah and then uh for entrepreneurs like if you're interested in it uh and starting your own business uh, there's a couple of books i would recommend rework it's a very short concise fast book it's a uh, rework rework okay yeah and rework is uh i think it's like 150 pages long but it's written in paragraphs two paragraph snippets and it's a quick read best business advice on how to start a business today in the world that we live in with Amazon and everything. Nice. And um, book th- the the third thing out is Clayton Christensen's book competing against luck, mm-hmm. which he wrote. It's kind of his, he died shortly after it was published. It's the most solid information on starting a recognizing, learning to recognize problems in the world, solving them with problems and figuring or solving them with products and ideas and how to go through that entire process and sharpen that stick so that when, cause I'll tell you, man, it's like that, that magnesium stick where you're going to have you're scraping and scraping and scraping and scraping and scraping. You're going through all these ideas. You're going through, you know, the line at, at McDonald's and something makes you angry. And then the next day you're at getting your oil changed and something makes you angry. And then all of a sudden the idea strikes you've got to be ready for that moment because people only get a few of them in life and, and competing against luck is the, the cookbook on how to make that happen. Nice. That's awesome. Appreciate you being with us today, brother. It's been so awesome. Thank you, Nick. There's another thing that I have an idea that I've kind of put together and I don't know if it makes sense. So I talked about my idea that, that formation, there's something that happens where, so for in my life, I've, got businesses that are zero to a thousand, make a zero to a thousand dollars a year. And I start those businesses and I know I need four of those in order to make one that's going to make more than a hundred grand a year. And so getting lots of small businesses and ideas started, just side hustles that turn into 
good part-time work that turned into a full-time gig. And what I've been able to do is I've got like two businesses that are making over a hundred right now. I've got five businesses that are making tens of thousands and I've got three businesses that are making under a thousand bucks. And if they can't make it from that one group to the other group, I just throw them off. Right. And how do you move businesses along? I don't know if that's good advice or like, no, I just don't like it's, it's a numbers game at some point. Right. You've got it. You, if you've got a business that's making you 10,000 bucks and you've been working at it for two years and it's still making 10,000 bucks, you got it. Sunk costs are irrelevant. Right. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if that's a good piece of advice. I tell that to people sometimes and it makes them. So if people want to, you know, I've, I've even got some interest in this myself. If people want to consult with you, you know, you're, you're busy, you've got multiple businesses, you got a family and a home and all the other things everybody's dealing with, but you, uh, you also have some wisdom that I think some of our guys might be interested in like, Hey, you've done this to a much further degree than I ever have. Would, if people wanted to talk to you, hundred percent, I can, they can get in touch with me. I, I forward it to you. hundred percent. I, I, I love that stuff. Anytime, man. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Entrepreneurship's a number game too. And I think that the thing is you have to realize the businesses need to start. You have to start 20 businesses before you get one that's going to be a, a gigantic business. And for me, that's one thing I do is I, it's like a, like a garden or something. I start these tiny little businesses, these ideas where I come to somebody and I say, Hey, do you want this thing? And they say, yes. And then it's a tiny little business. And then I try to move it up. And so what I do is, and I have A, B and C businesses, the businesses that are making over a hundred businesses that are making tens of thousands of businesses that are making a thousand and you try to push them up. And so one thing you can do and one way to teach it is just start as many little businesses as you can. And you're going to have a little unicorn in there. Like me and Dana did not expect uncommon questions to become something that it is. It was the, like the last thing, but it became something and it was a total unicorn. And so if you can get good at starting businesses fast and cheap, one of them is going to rise to the top real quick because it's just the luck in a numbers game. Wow. Timing, you know, like things may be more, more, uh, realistic right now than they would have been before the quarantine. Some things, the whole market is changing in yeah. some ways, I'm sure timing and, and your idea. And yeah, we're working on a game right now. that's just hundred percent timing because it's or not a game. It's a, a competitor to GameStop and GameStop just luckily just went out of businesses at the same time. We happen to be making something that's going to compete against them. Wow. That's right. So cool. And it's just timing. And so you'll never know what is going to come out of, come out of it. One other question that I have is just, you know, you're, you seem like a well-balanced guy, but in the intro, we talked about your brain never shuts up. How do you manage? I'm that way. I'm kind of always in, I'm in next week. I'm in next year. Cool. And it's hard for me to engage in the here and now. How do you do that? How do you shut off entrepreneur inventor brain yeah. and go back to, you got little ones climbing on your back and it's time to, it's time to throw them in the pool. Yeah. So I think building things that are, are that solve those problems are good because I spend time talking to, I, I'll go over the questions that we've made for kids with my kids. And so I'll be able to do that. But if I want to totally just shut it off, I have, I play video games with them, uh, with them, oh, or then like, I love flight simulators. Okay. And it's like super complicated. I've got a nerd shack. You got to come over and see it sometime <laughs> man. virtual reality, foot pedals, throttle. Wow. Stick. 
And that's like, I get really pissed off during the day or I hit, I get, I feel myself emotionally getting to like a nine with some either, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it's just a, a bad one. I'll just go do that for an hour. It brings me back down. Podcasts bring me back down. Just find again, finding some guy might need to go to the driving range um, and just rebalance what it is. Um, yeah. And I, spirituality helps with that too. Mm-hmm. You can, and uh, meditation helps with it. I, I do like the calm app. Oh yeah. Calm. Yeah. Yeah. And just being able to like see your, see your feelings and emotions going by like in a river and just not letting them touch you, but okay. I feel anger and there goes, you know, just, I mean, you're the, you're the, I should come to you too when, it, <laughs> when I'm, cause it is over freaking whelming sometimes and it bothers, you know, it has affected my, my personal relationships sometimes because especially in the early days, man, when, when I was starting find fakes, I didn't see my wife a lot for the first few months because I was so scared about failing. And, uh, yeah, I think you just, you got to find some ways to shut that off. Is she supportive? I mean, I'm guessing you, you mentioned some of these things that you've done together. I'm guessing she's all in. I mean, is she really the one running the show? Should we have had her on the podcast? Yeah. I, she's, I got an earpiece in right now. She just told <laughs> she's me on the Bluetooth. <laughs> you know, that's one thing you can't ever, you can never say enough about is having a partner that will, that will push you. In. And sometimes it's my parents. Sometimes it's my wife, but bravery doesn't, you know, you talk about people that have been in war situations. It's a lot of times they're fighting for the people next to them and not for themselves. Right. Mm. And you got to have people in your life that, you know, do you're like, all right, man, this is for, I don't want to do this thing. I don't want to go have this conversation with this person. I don't want to put this 12 hour work day in but I'm going to do it for X, Y, or Z. And my wife is the, she's the chief motivator, man. She's like, uh, always when I was like, Hey, I want to buy $1,200 in memory card. She's like, go for it. Or 25, go for it, man. Lost the money. Totally fine. Nick, I'm sure she went and screamed into her pillow a second later. Hey, I want to start our own business. We have $3,000 left in the bank account. You know, we're, we're done. Oh no, no, no. You're fine. Keep going. Like you're good enough. She's just, yeah, she always believes in me, and I believe in her too. It's been, it's been a, she's been a great partner for that. We're totally different. We're like very different people, but there's some frequencies that we get on, and you know, our kids, our love of travel, our you know, the business, these things we just get. That's that's our that's our strength, and that's one of the things that I never knew was there till it came up. So that's awesome. You're lucky. <laughs> yeah, I try. I, I pinch myself sometimes good a clean lens makes for a better <laughs> shot it says. is that what it tells you yeah it says Dude, can you, what i love is that somebody was sitting there and came up with that solution they're like hey how are we going to tell people how are we going to remind people to do this oh let's just write on there that like a clean like let's just give them a little a nice little nod to well, that's a great solution to that millions and billions have been made that with that way i guess right Nobody's doing that. Why isn't, why did, this doesn't make sense. Not an intuitive solution. Let's f- fix it. Yeah. And just like crap happens like coronavirus. So many cool businesses are going to be started because of coronavirus. Right. I'm sure you've seen your business take a, a turn of more online oh, yeah. stuff. Because I told my it. wife, we don't even need to live in Las Vegas 100%. anymore. We could live in Idaho in the mountains where we want to live yep. and do most of what I'm doing <laughs> from anywhere. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I know, yeah, there's, it's, that's the cool part of it, man. I love, that's what I love. That's what, that's what is the best part for me. 
Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Alpha Quorum Show. We believe that men change their lives by engaging with a tribe to improve their actions, attitudes, and attributes. You can check out the show notes on our website at alphacorum.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to our show. Hey, this is a podcast, not therapy. So even though we may feature professionals on the show, this is not intended as therapeutic advice. If you need someone to talk to, please reach out to us and we can get you pointed in the right direction. Until next time, gentlemen, Alpha Up. Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum.